Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Welcome to the Love Rules Radio Show on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Your host, on-air personality and love and well-being advocate, Lisa Berry, along with the founder of Body, Mind, and Spirit Guide, Penny Golden, bringing you The Rules to Love, a heart-centered conversation on what matters most to you. Now, here's Lisa and Penny. Hi, this is Lisa Berry. I'm here with Penny Golden, and we're so grateful that you're listening to episode number two of Love Rules. It's number two, Penny. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. I'm, I'm not sure why, but yes. <laughs> well, you and I talk all the time in, in real life, in person, not as part of a podcast or a show, and we both share a great appreciation for love and love in our lives and love in the world and love for other people. And I have been on this path and I know you have too for at least, you know, my whole life really, but intensely for this past year. And I have just found that love rules that no matter what you're doing or no matter what's happening, you can always count on love and no one can take that away from you. That's my view. What's your view? Yeah, and I think it's actually been a year for me, too, so that's quite a coincidence. And not that I didn't appreciate love and have know how the value of that in my life always, um, but I think what happened is this past year is I began to really apply love to myself. And that has shifted a lot of things for me because even though I had love outwardly toward the world and everyone that I connected to, I really wasn't always that loving to myself. My habits weren't in place for that, and, you know, I just wasn't taught that. So it's been quite an adventure, and I'm still learning now how to apply the great laws of love to my own self. And that's been an amazing journey so far. Absolutely. Self-love. And why don't they teach it? I would have rather much studied self-love than geometry when I was in high school. I, I mean, I know we're not uh, talking down any uh, math people, because, but math is just not my jam. Are you good good at math, Penny? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, not okay. Really. Yes. And if you are, uh, good for you. Yeah, but... These things that you get you through life, that get you through the day, that can help you live a better life. Look, we don't, we're not taught that. If you, if you are in a family that love doesn't come easy, and then how do you know? How do you know how important it is? And how do you know to love yourself? And I always ask myself, why is loving yourself so difficult? It sounds so simple, but it's it's not. And then I think whenever you're feeling down or whenever things aren't going your way or if you are feeling rejected or disappointed, you can always love yourself. You can always love yourself and pull yourself up. And you should. That's exactly what you should be doing. I saw a quote from Buddha that escaped me. I hadn't seen it ever, and I have been reading Buddha quotes forever, and then it just came this past year. So, And that was, if anybody in the universe deserves your love, it is you. Yeah, right. So right, we and then absolutely are meant to love ourselves. 
And it's not an ego, me first love. It's not, uh, you know, you, you don't matter and you don't count. I'm going to love myself. It's more like, it's like from the inside out, you know, I, I've learned, I like to talk things out. I talk it out or I've learned that you need to work things out. You work it out. Now I'm loving it out. I'm loving out my <laughs> problems, appro- approaching everything that's happening from a place of love and, that's got to be my way because I'm not yeah. a, a hardcore make it happen. It hurts. I'm like I want to. I got to love my way through life. I'm gonna love my way through life. I'm a little bit hardcore, that- you know. Make it happen. I really can be aggressive in the pushing myself to just go and get it done. My early training in a career was in sales, and that's aggressive talk to as many people as possible, close as many sales as possible. So, I'm, you know, we have an inner critic and we also have, uh, sometimes we're aggressive with ourselves. But one of the most favorite things I've ever heard about love comes from the Holy Bible, and that is in Corinthians. And I'm sure you've heard it because I believe probably most people have. But I would like to actually read this from Corinthians, and let's just see how really loving we are with ourselves. People can just ask themselves if if they're that way for themselves. So in Corinthians 13, from 4 to 8, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. I guess in this case we would say not dishonoring ourselves. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, preserves, and it never fails. So that's from from the Holy Bible. You know, I think it's good to go ahead and apply this to ourselves. A couple of things. That's yeah. that reading from the Bible, but you don't have to be a Bible reader to have that apply to your life. It's not really, we're not trying to impose any sort of religion or dogma on anyone. And Penny, every wedding, everybody reads that. Have you been to many weddings? Right. <laughs> yeah, but I think exactly. you're so caught up in the wedding and the dress and the party that I don't know how well that really connects with people. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that you're reading it, but I don't want anyone to think, oh, this is a religious show. I'm out. You know, we're not yeah, here yeah. to tell you what to think. We're just sharing and loving and, and opening up our hearts and minds to you listening. Yeah. Thank you for adding that, Lisa, because I actually don't have a religion. So it would be hard to convert somebody to my religion. Um, I have a respect for other people and their religion. So whether it's Buddha or Christ or whomever it is um, or whatever religion it is, I respect that that is their way to know the creative universe. So I'm really glad you added that because, no, this isn't about religion. But it is about some of the greatest writings are religious. They have lasted the test of time. And uh, I think that this is one of them, that that love is patient. And we're not always patient with ourselves. I mean, I'll speak for me. I'm often not patient with myself. 
You know, I push myself around. And that's the job I'm working on now is just being patient, just relaxing and giving myself a break, which I heard that just recently. From, from me, I believe. <laughs> well, it's a thing. It's like you have to be so aware of what's happening, and I'll get caught up in the runway, and, and my emotions will just take off, and then I'll have to say stop, and and like, why are you talking to yourself like that? You know, and I I think people do it all the time. That there there's some pretty popular books out there now that are about self talk, and if you're aware of what you're saying to yourself, and sometimes I'll just get short myself and then I'll say would you talk to anyone else that way no and then I'll say give yourself a break and I think it's so key to good mental health and self-awareness and inner peace and living with ease it's how you treat yourself and so I, I I'm taking that to all sorts of different levels like it's about boundaries putting up boundaries and how will you let other people treat you but I think that's self-love I, I feel like Penny that you've been better with boundaries than I have Maybe I've been practicing them a little bit longer. I think when you um, have your own company, you you start, or this is what happened for me, is I had to start to learn some boundaries because if you come at it with, yes, whatever you want, I'll give you, you run out of time. You know, you can't right. be everything for everybody all the time. So um, I had to set up some boundaries to say, now there's a limit to how much time I can spend on this or how much I can give in this area. And that helped me because then I could start to come back to myself and apply that. But I'm definitely still working on it. So it's not a done job. I don't know if it's ever going to get done. Right. For me, that's like I am just now learning to really prioritize what I'm doing and, and then really give value. Is that really worth my time? Is that really worth my effort? And I and I now that we talk about it, I think that is a method of self-love. It's like taking care of myself. I can't get stressed out anymore. I can't over – people get frantic and they overdo it. And some people enjoy that energy. Some people don't feel alive unless they're feeling frantic or – overdoing it and and that'll take a toll on you you know that'll take a toll on your health and your psyche and your well-being so loving yourself is being aware of your boundaries or your priorities and what's really in your best interest and by that again it's not a selfish thing it's like what's in your best interest for uh, for being well and and living a good life yeah it's not for self only because Obviously, if if either one of us master being patient, then we're going to show up better for other people in the world. And the same right. with kindness. You know, if we master kindness with ourselves, then we're going to be kind to other people. So I think that's a reflection when you meet somebody who is not kind and they're rude and they're, you know, rushed and obnoxious. They're absolutely not being kind to themselves. I think we can guess that if they're treating us bad, they're treating themselves worse. Hmm. Say that again. I think that's a that's a huge thing to say. Yeah, I think if you run into somebody and they're unkind, they're rude, then they're probably treating themselves even more unkind and more rude. Just so that like makes us. me think of two things. 
Yeah, like compassion. That's why I try to have compassion. And I have I wrote this thing, Lisa's Life Rules, several years ago. And number one is you never really know what's going on in anyone's life. So someone might be coming at you and you think, well, that's rude. But really, I try to – I mean, here's a fine line for me. I try to have compassion for when something happens like that. But then I also am learning to put up boundaries. I mean, how many times – are you going to let somebody do that to you and you just love them anyway? I mean, ultimately I do, but how many times are you going to let someone treat you that way? So let's start with compassion. And I'll tell you something I learned in psychology in college. I had a professor who said once is an incident, two times is a coincidence, and three times is a habit. So uh-huh. if somebody, if you try, I love that. It, it applies so often and so well to so many different situations. Yeah. So now I'm learning. If someone's coming at me, I try to have compassion, and then I try to see that they're just wounded, like you say. But the third time, mm, I'm learning to have a boundary, and I don't know if we can spend that much time together anymore because I love myself too much to put myself in that situation. I, I'm going to say that again. If love yourself so much that you don't allow these things to happen to you. Yes. And really, nobody else can protect you except for right. you because you're the one mm. who is in the, in the moment right there when it's happening, and you're the only one who knows how deeply that wound has cut into you. One thing that I might say to you, because we're friends, um, you might just laugh, and another thing might really hurt you. And right. nobody knows that as, as well as you, so it's your job to, to protect yourself that way. I love the trinity of that. The three, you know, like it's like the three strikes and you're out. It's also another yeah. thing. It's a pattern. In, in mathematics, if you want to find in higher mathematics, when you have the X and the Y and you're trying to figure out this grand puzzle, you need, you need three in order to see a pattern. So by the time something happens the third time, it is a pattern that is going to continue to repeat unless you change something. So are we talking about baseball now? Three strikes are out? (laughs) It's, you know, it just happens to be in baseball, but it's actual, actually it's just a pattern. If something has happened three times, then it's a pattern. It's going to repeat itself. And I think what happens is if you learn to be kind to yourself at the time when you're being really aggressive and you say, you know what, I'm being too aggressive with myself, so I'm going to stop this task or I'm going to stop thinking about this subject until I can be calmer and kinder. Once you learn how to talk to yourself like that, then it's much easier to say to somebody else that you love, husband, daughter, whomever it is, Right now, if you can't talk to me kindly, then we need to stop and talk another time when you can. So we can still talk about it. The door's not closed, but you've got to come at me in a kind way, not not in, with this aggression. Well, I think that's but, even like a parenting tip. If you have a, a small child whose brain may not be as developed as an adult, you just say, I'm, you know, you, you're not going to do this right now, or you can't talk to me, and just walk away. And so that is definitely a great way to handle a lot of situations at all ages. Penny always uses these words that I love, like trinity, the trinity, the trinity of it all. That sounds so cool, the trinity of it. 
is there trinities and other aspects of, of what we're talking about and looking at and trying to live our lives? Well, for me, trinity is how the universe was manifested in a trinity. And so one part of the universe has remained whole from the beginning of time, and another part of it has split from the positive and the negative pole, which creates this balance counterbalance that we find throughout the whole manifested universe. So that trinity, although you also find it in religion, you also find it in science, you'll find it in a puzzle, you'll find it anywhere you look because the entire universe is manifested through a trinity. Interesting. I knew you had more to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) And that might not be worth hearing, but when I do get to an issue that I have some resolve, that I've actually made some progress on, I do try to reduce it down to a conversation that you might have with a seven-year-old. And I do that for myself, and I do it for others, because if you start talking to yourself or others at a 12th grade level or at an expert level, you can really get caught in the semantics and the jargon of the language, where they're saying, yeah, but, but that's not exactly what printable blah, blah, blah means to me. That might be what it means to you, but if you can take it down to some very simple words and get the message there, then everybody across the board can understand it without their mind and their intellect waking up and arguing about it. Well, I always say two people can be looking at the exact same thing and see something completely different. And honestly, the fact that anybody gets along in this world, I really think is sort of a miracle. I mean, on the one hand, we're all united. We are all really one. We really are. But the way we walk through life and across this planet and as individual bodies and minds, we do see things differently. But when you break it down to the basic bare element, we really are all the same. We are one. And I, I, it's my wish that people would remember that and treat each other, each other kindly and treat themselves kindly as well. Yeah, I agree, and we do have that unique universe within us, which is if I think a blue car means something, it's it's going to be different than what you think a blue car is. So right. we have to always make allowance for that. Do you feel that we are all one, though? Is that, is that something Penny Golden experiences? Yeah. Um, actually, there's one mind in the entire universe. So people have this perception that I have my mind, Lisa, you have your mind, and then there's thousands of other minds out there. But that's actually not true. There's only one mind. And that mind, each one of us, use a section or portion of. So the oneness of who we are is both in our heart and it's in our mind. It's as one as the entire universe is. So, yes, we're absolutely one. We're one humanity. So I can understand this and maybe people listening. What do you mean? that? Where is this one mind? The one mind is throughout the entire created universe, like a huge electromagnetic field that holds the information and transfers information from one location to another. It's very much like the Internet works. I have my computer, you have yours, but we also have the Internet. And so the mind is all of that. Each one of us have our own 
section of the mind that is ours, but it's connected to every other mind. So you're saying it's something we tap into. Absolutely. Even when they're just, sometimes they'll think of their friend and the friend comes to mind and all of a sudden they call five minutes later. Right. Because they got a mental message through that inner, the true internet. People are aware on an intimate level that our minds connect to each other. But it's not taught in school, and people don't fully understand it. So sometimes when you say it, people are, you know, they're surprised and like, really, is that possible? But on an intimate level, they're fully aware of it because they've been experiencing it their whole life in little ways. Well, I think that's what Carl Jung, the great psychologist, refers to as synchronicity. And I know he came up with that word, and he worked with Freud, and then, but he came up with synchronicity. Like, and I think I'm kind of what you're saying. I, mean, I think some people might be listening and going, "What is she talking about?" There's one mind, but I do think some psychologists have looked into that, and then Jung came up with synchronicity. That's like when things just happen, that like a coincidence, or you're mm-hmm. like you said, you're thinking someone's going to call you, and then they call you. And yeah. like, where, how did that happen? You know, but it is a, a, an actually developed psychological concept that was embraced by some serious psychologists. And I think you might be sure. saying it in a little bit of a different way, but I, I, I do think you're on to something, that it is a truth in our world. It is. And, like, if you just even take the word, and I love words. I'm sort of a, a word addict. I just love words. If me and you were to sync our computers, we would have synchronicity. Like the word sync is exactly what he used because that's exactly what's happening. And before we had the computer, it was very difficult for scholars, scientists, um, the medical field, and even for mystics to fully explain how the mind worked because it just imagine trying to explain the computer to somebody who was alive 100 years ago would be very difficult. But now that we have the computer, we can see and we can understand that there can be one mind or one massive amount of information or that we can move information from one location to the other, that it can be located in many different locations, that we can share information, that we can sync our information. Now that we have the computer, we can see fully how the mind has been working since the beginning of time. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. You know, and and I I try to be practical and realistic and, and like, I hope you don't mind if I question things that you say, but honestly, that. Uh, and as much as I love synchronicity, and, and I didn't really realize where that term came from until you just explained it so well. And, yes, you were synced up in synchronicity. I love that. I think questions are good for us all. They're good for me, and they're good for yeah. you and maybe whoever's listening, too. So, you know, if I say anything that doesn't seem like it's enough information to be understood or that it could be misunderstood, then... Because I'll either learn something or we all will. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're all walking around at different levels of consciousness. Some people, 
go through their day and they don't even think about what's happening or how they're feeling or what they're doing. And then there's, I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I, I don't know. I, I know that I'm all about love and it, it, it rules every part of my life. That's the name of this program, Love Rules. And I know Penny is really, really conscious and has experienced a lot of things on a lot of different levels. And I think, you know, I'm a journalist, so it's I'm trained to be slightly suspicious and question things. And I'm open. I'm open to ever bring it. You know, I'm open to it. But sometimes I, we started talking about one mind. I didn't understand it. Now I do. And and I I can't I can't deny that you're not correct. I think that language is a big barrier for us. And gosh, Lisa, I I hope you'll forgive me. I don't even want to bring up the Bible again, but I I need to one more time. And for the purpose of of bringing up um, the Tower of Babel, which is where the languages were scrambled, they tell a a story about that. Um, Right. One of the difficulties with humanity now is that we're kind of speaking different languages. So what's, and we, we covered that with the blue car, you know, what I say may not mean the same to you as it will to everybody else. So language is a big barrier, and that's another reason to reduce things down to, like, the seven-year educational level so that you can keep it just on to the basics of something because language often is the thing that, you know, how many times have you really tried to love somebody and end up with a huge fight with them? You know, because right. you're trying to say something, but they're not hearing that. They're hearing something else. Right. Has that happened to you? Well, yeah, because as, like I said, everybody, you could be looking at the exact same thing and see something completely different. And when somebody yeah. says something to another person, they're hearing it from where they're coming from. They're hearing it from their childhood, and they're hearing it from the person who just cut them off in traffic, and they're hearing it from they're hungry. You know, do you get, yeah, my kids get hangry. Do you ever, you know what, hangry? You're hungry. And and if you're hangry, you're going to hear it different. So, yeah, I I get what you're saying completely. Yeah. And don't feel bad about bringing up the Bible. You know, it's just, I think for some people that's a turn on and for some people it's a turn off. And I just wanted to explain it's a book that you're knowledgeable about and, and you have lots of information from there. But again, we're, uh, I think people are listening all over the world. And as, like we just talked about language, they're, they're coming to this conversation from a lot of different perspectives culturally. And yeah. so I just want to make sure everybody knows where you're coming from when you talk about it. Here's the interesting thing. Um, I actually talk about the Bible for this reason, because I think people sometimes are imprisoned by their own religion, mm. and they're they're imprisoned in these words and these rituals and these things that they do not understand. And because they don't understand them, then they can't break free and just be free to love, as a perfect example. So Hmm. I tend to take things that are scientific, that are uh, medical, and apply them to the Bible so that when I'm with somebody, if they're trapped in that area, I can relate it back to their religion and let them see that 
this has always been a part of how the universe works. So uh, I've been using the Bible and the Kabbalah and many of the religious texts like that for a long time, and it's really served me well. But I don't know if it's a one-on-one. It's always been a great thing because you're with that person and it's their religion. Um, here with a, a group of people listening, that might not have the same effect. <laughs> so, anyway. right. And what were you going to, I think we should be wrapping up shortly, but what what was the one thing you were going to share with us about what you've been working on? What I've been working on just recently is I know that I can start to feel when there's a tension between me and another person, the conversation is not going that great for them or me or both of us. And what I've started to do is verbally say, well, just to let you know, my intention is to love you the best I can through this and then go right back to the conversation. Wow. You know, it's a difficult conversation and I'm not going to be even able to give them the answer that they want because we're in a disagreement. I don't want the same thing as them. My intention is still to love them. And that has been so powerful. It just has melted defenses for myself and for the other person each time I've used it. So um, I'm continuing to practice with that because I want to have good boundaries and say no when I need to and want to, but I, I don't want to stop being the great lover that I am. Like, I'm a lover of life. If I had a million dollars in a day, I, I could walk around the earth and give it all away. And I'd be fine with that, you know? So, right. yeah, that's my new little method. I love that. Well, first of all, I'm huge on intention. I think intention is everything. And I, whether you're aware of it or not, I think whatever intention you have impacts directly how things work out. And if Absolutely. you have like a, a negative intention, it's not gonna it's it's not gonna go so great. So I always try to be aware of my intention. But to to verbalize it and to say my intention is to love you. Are, are people open to that? Because I think some people are afraid of the word love. It scares them or they misinterpret it. So I've switched it a few times. Like I said, my intention is to say this in the most loving way possible. My intention oh, like is to that. do through this. My intention is to express myself fully, but not, you know, not show you the great love. So I keep playing with it and moving it around. So far, the reaction has been great. It's like I can just feel the, you know, the big fight that I felt coming. I can feel it just dissipate. Like, okay, well, you know. My intention is to say this in the most loving way possible. That yeah. is a game changer. That is amazing. I, oh, I love that. I'm just Would you say it in the grocery like, store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my intention is love. So, and I'm learning different ways to say it, like love you or say it lovingly or be in a loving space or show love toward you. Like I just keep playing with it as the different situations arise. And so far it's just been really good for me. I'm going to keep working with it because I would love to be able to set my boundaries, say exactly what I want to say and not hold back, but also stay stay in a loving space with that other person. That would that's very valuable to me. 
Penny, thank you so much for that. Stay in a loving place with the other person. And my intention is to say this as loving as possible. I think that's amazing advice and, and good for you. And thank you so much for sharing that with us because I think, as I said, that's a game changer. I think that could really impact people's lives and it's a sort of practical advice to give. And the name of our show is Love Rules. And it's not yeah. really a rule, but it could be a practice, you know? How about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Apply to your life. And, you know, I just thought I need to apply it to myself because that's another ah. thing I'm saying. It's like, okay, ah. Penny, how are you going to say this to yourself in the most loving way? You need to get up and wash the dishes, whatever it is, you know, like any crazy yeah, thing. right. Um, but I'm going to keep playing with it. I've got it written down on my desk. If anybody else plays with it and it works or they can add to it and make it even better, um, we would love to hear from you because I think Lisa and me, uh, I think I can speak for you too, that we're just open to find the way right. in which love can fill you up and fill up the world. Right. Right. So you can email me at Lisa loveberry b-a-r-r-y at gmail.com it's lisa l-i-s-a love l-o-v-e berry b-a-r-r-y at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you lisa had that email when i first met her long long before this show (laughs) which i totally love (laughs) yes and if somebody wants to reach me by email you can reach me at penny golden at comcast.net and both of us or either one of us would love to hear from you so much thank you for listening thought i'd throw in there we love you (laughs) yes we do and thank you so much for listening and we look forward to connecting with you again soon